the familiar voice is on the telephone, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Welcome to WGN again. How are you? <laughs> My pleasure, Steve. How are you? It's always good to talk to you, and let's get right to it. I mean, sure. I appreciate you spending the time with us. Uh, so you have commented that when Paul Vallis has said, we have to take our city back, he doesn't say it quite like that, but that he may be leaning into even some prejudices do you mean it that way? That's what the hint is. Well, look, if you look at the context in which the way in which he's running, the people that he's associating with, um, when he says we need to take our city back, and particularly given, unfortunately, sad chapters, uh, uh, a Bernie Epton, before it's too late, yes, I think it's blowing the dog whistle. I don't think there's any other way uh, to conceive that, uh, particularly when he's talking to audiences on the north side. And if that's not what he meant, then he ought to say it, but he hasn't said that. Well, I, look, I, I, I did. Think the bigger thing, I, excuse ahead. me, I'm sorry. I did ask him about it earlier, and he pointed out he's talking about taking it back from the bad guys, which, which I want to ask you about. <laughs> so, so I want to talk about guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do yeah. we fix that? I think that's the root. So right now, uh, there are a, a rash of street crimes, street crimes over the past couple of days. People accosted on the street. Uh, often with machine guns, criminals making off in what police have said they believe to be stolen cars. Two questions. What do we do about that? And also the gun part of it. You know, stopping guns from Indiana is all well and good. But according to a recent study, it's Chicagoans who are selling guns to other Chicagoans. Can you comment on all that? Well, first and foremost, uh, they are coming across the border uh, from states like Indiana that have a very, very different notion about gun laws than we do. Um, what we can do is um, some of the things that we're doing, uh, leaning into uh, the, the um, federal gun trafficking law that was passed this summer, and partnering up with ATF and the state police uh, to be aggressive and proactive about stopping the guns from coming across the border. Um, our police department has done, I think, remarkable heroic work because when you arrest someone, and you find a gun on them, that's a potentially dangerous encounter for those police officers. But they're still out there fearlessly fighting to take illegal guns off the street. Last year they took, uh, in 22, um, 12,200 guns um, off the street. That broke another record that was set the year before and continues to be um, way above uh, L.A. and New York combined. The other thing we have to do is when we arrest these violent, dangerous, and particularly habitual offenders, we've got to lock them up. It makes no sense that there are people on the street right now today that the courts have let out that are charged with murder, attempted murder, kidnapping, carjacking, sexual assault. Those are not the kind of people that should be out on the street on electronic monitoring when we know very well no one is watching them. They make our city less safe. And when our police officers do their job, they arrest them, the detectives work, and put the evidence together to get them charged, they need to stay locked up pre-trial. Now, look, I'm a lawyer. I believe in the Constitution. I absolutely believe in the presumption of innocence. But what I also believe as a resident of the city and as a mayor is that our streets are not safe when violent, dangerous, habitual criminals are on the street. The courts have got to step up and do better. And then, obviously, in the long term, we've got to um, get these young boys to put these guns down before tragedy strikes. 
And we do that by supporting them, no matter what the services, uh, circumstances are that they're growing up into. These kids need values. They need positive adult role models in their life to teach them right from wrong, but hold them accountable and to make sure that there's never a time where they feel a need uh, to pick up a gun. So we've got to use hard and soft skills at the same time. But given the existential, existential threat that illegal guns pose to us, we've got to continue to be aggressive to go after those who traffic in them uh, and who sell them and, obviously, those who use them. All right, I want to part, uh, unpack some of what you said here. So State's Attorney Kim Fox is going to be in office for a bit. Uh, and the chief judges are going to be where they are for a bit. So how does the city, quote, work around if Kim Fox and the judges are saying, OK, carjacking, fine, you're back mm-hmm. out on the street? Well, Steve, I think one of the things that we have seen when I first started bringing this conversation public, and this is after, um, I'll say, talking in my inside voice uh, with uh, Chief Judge Evans, with the presiding judge, of the criminal court with the presiding judge of the juvenile court, we were seeing about 3,500 of these people out on electronic monitoring. The latest figures uh, that we have is that number has been reduced to about 1,900. And there's no question in my mind, it's not just because I'm raising my voice publicly, but we've been doing an enormous amount to educate residents small business owners, the larger business community, who have also been demanding that these judges hold people accountable because they're going to be out for retention again. And we've got to focus like a laser beam on those judges who don't care about community safety and are letting people out with a rap sheet as long as you're armed. That makes no sense. It makes our communities less safe. And there's your crime wave right there. So we've got to continue lifting up our voices and holding those judges accountable as well. But meanwhile, we've got to keep being extraordinarily aggressive to make sure there's real punishment and accountability and we don't leave any stone unturned in using our hard and soft power to hold these people accountable, but also to stop the pipeline of young boys to the streets. All right. So this doesn't answer the question that I asked. Uh, the recent rash of street crimes, and that's all over the city, and in places where historically parts of the city didn't experience this. I mean, people don't feel safe walking their dog. So here's what's happened in several neighborhoods over the past couple of days alone. With a machine gun, the criminals have been making off with whatever property people have on them, and they, according to police, have gone into gone away in stolen cars. So, I mean, this is happening all over all the time. If people feel less safe than four years ago, which, according to polls and surveys, they do, that's a problem. Uh, of course it's a problem. And as I said more than one time, I'm not going to rest until Chicago is the safest big city uh, in the country. And what have we done? We've stepped up patrols. We've hired more police officers. We've put this in the areas of the city that are seeing this uptick in crime, even those places on the north side um, that are feeling that touch. We've got more work to do. We absolutely have not arrived at the finish line, but we are seeing progress. Carjackings are down. Shootings are down. Homicides are down. Uh, In double-digit numbers, we're one of the few cities in the country that can claim that, but we're not done until every single resident in our city, no matter where they are, feel safe because they are safe. 
And how we made progress? We made progress by being humble, by going into community and asking community, whether it's Lakeview, uh, Lincoln Park, whether it's Roseland, whether it's uh, West Garfield Park, whether it's on the southeast side in Inglewood, what do you need to feel safe? And then making sure that we respond. Not surprisingly, the number one answer is we need more police, which is why we're doing everything we can to hire as many people. We have a goal this year of increasing our number to hiring at least 1,000 new police officers and making sure that we're continuing to promote um, detectives and continuing to uh, promote uh, sergeants. But it's about accountability. Accountability for me, accountability for the superintendent, but also making sure that we are supporting those officers on the beat who risk their lives every single day for our safety. All right, 312-981-7200. You can call or text with questions. I already have some texts, of which I will ask the mayor these questions, including about public safety and a text here about coming downtown and concerns about that. We'll get to all of that when we come back with Mayor Lori Lightfoot on WGN. On WGN Radio, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is here. Lots of text questions, Mayor. And the first one uh, a listener wants to know, is the city better off today? This listener says, I don't think so. So how do you reply to that? Well, look, we've been through a tremendously difficult time in the last four years. There's no question about it. No one could have anticipated that we and the rest of the world would go through a global pandemic. But I think considering the circumstances, we are better off. We are absolutely uh, better off than any other city uh, in the country. Our economy has come roaring back. Um, We've seen um, incredible growth and relocation of businesses uh, to Chicago. Um, Our economy is um, so healthy that we've been able to prepay um, our pension obligation, which is unheard of in Chicago. We are better off in the sense that our fiscal health has never been in order like it is now. We've been validated with uh, 11 uh, rating upgrades and three positive outlooks. Uh, For the first time, all of our credits are investment grade, and that's the first time in about 25 years. Uh, If you look at the fact that we've got companies like Google, um, uh, uh, Kellogg, um, and Kimberly-Clark, Coming to our city, our tech sector is booming. Our life sciences um, is absolutely exploding exponentially. Our economy is strong, and we've got a couple big announcements that are going to come in later this week that, again, prove that our economy is better um, than even pre-pandemic. Do we have work to do? 100%. Um, And no one's going to say that after what we've been through uh, that, We are um, in the land of prosperity, but we are absolutely on our way. And, yes, we are bending the curve um, on violent crime. We are not where we need to be yet. As I said before, I won't be satisfied until we're the safest big city. But if you look at every other indicator, we are so far ahead of where we were even pre-pandemic and we're certainly best in class of all the major cities uh, in the country. And we have a lot to be proud of uh, being here in Chicago. So what does the statistic matter if people don't feel safe? For example, CTA, ridership is way down. The pandemic at this point has little to do with it health-wise. Maybe what something, you know, people aren't going Mm -hmm. to the office as much as they were, but by and large, that doesn't account for it. It's all about safety, I think. Well, Steve, I'm going to push back on you a little bit. We still have a lot of businesses, uh, particularly in the downtown area, the Loop, 
uh, River North that are not at uh, five days a week like they were pre-pandemic. And frankly, they may never be. So ridership is definitely um, affected by whether or not businesses are requiring their employees to come back downtown. That's a huge factor. Yes, safety is absolutely an issue, uh, but the CTA absolutely must be safe. Um, that's why uh, we put more uniform sworn officers on the CTA starting uh, last summer, and we've seen progress in violent crime that's happening on the CTA. More work to do? Yes. But we are absolutely headed in the right direction. And look, this is a new normal uh, for ridership. The CTA is uh, in the process and will continue to make adjustments of what its expectations and projections are regarding ridership. But we can't discount the fact that people are simply not coming downtown like they used to because their employers are allowing them to work remotely. We still have those essential workers that depend upon the CTA. I'm proud to have received the endorsement of both of the Amalgamated Transit Union uh, Workers uh, Unions, both the bus and the rail, and that's because we work hand-in-glove with them uh, to uh, identify the areas of improvement, particularly around safety. But the remote working is definitely a significant factor in the present ridership and frankly will be a factor in the future ridership for the CTA, for Metro, um, and for PACE. All right. So I cannot tell you how many calls we get on this program, people who don't come downtown because they feel unsafe in one way or another. They feel they may be carjacked uh, if they drive. Mm -hmm. They feel that if they take public transportation, their safety is at risk. Also, if they drive, paying for parking now might even be more expensive than the dinner they go to. Uh, We want people to come downtown, I assume. Uh, Also, one more downtown question is I throw more than one at you at once. And that is the need for security at many of the retail stores, not only on Michigan Avenue and in the Loop itself, but all over the city. You replied at one point in time that the stores should hire their own security. And is that really fair, maybe to the large chains they can afford it? I don't don't think that's what I said, Steve. What we have done, uh, particularly since the summer of 2020, has really worked in partnership with the existing store security. Most of the um, big retailers downtown on Michigan Avenue and River North, they they always have uh, private security. That's frankly um, a constant, no matter where you go across the country, uh, across the world, I should say, with these high-end retailers having in-store security. What we've done since that horrible summer of 2020 is make sure that we've got a closer relationship with them. We have between 700 and 800 um, uh, um, stores, uh, uh, businesses um, that are in a regular chat where we provide them with updates. They give us feedback as to what they're seeing. So we forge a very strong relationship with businesses in commercial corridors all across our city and made sure that we're being as responsive as possible. But let me allay um, one thing that you now said multiple times. Our downtown area is safe. I talk to restaurateurs. I talk to other businesses um, downtown on a regular basis. And here's what they tell me. They are having better than pre-pandemic years with the amount of customers, the amount of reservations, the amount of people in the hotels. Um, we are downtown is back and booming. And frankly, if you come downtown, you better make a reservation because it's hard to get in. 
So I understand that there's a perception that our downtown area is not safe. It couldn't be uh, further from the truth based upon what I'm seeing. My office is in River North, and I'm looking out the window now, and all I see is a stream of people walking back and forth, going into bars and restaurants, and enjoying the nightlife down here. Why we've been able to make difference um, in the downtown and the River North is because of the partnership um, that I uh, mentioned earlier, but also because we have really drawn the line with a lot of these bars and restaurants that have these late-night liquor licenses, meaning that they can uh, allow people to drink till 4 or 5 in the morning. Now, issuance of those licenses predates me. I think that's a bad idea. And I'm not talking about taking away those uh, businesses' uh, ability to earn a living, but we have told them you've got to be responsible. You've got to be responsible about who goes into your establishment, and you importantly got to be responsible about who comes out of your establishments. Being in partnership and being direct uh, with them and holding them accountable has definitely made a significant difference in the amount of issues that we're seeing in our downtown area, in the River North area in particular. It's made a big difference. Okay, so I've received... So come downtown, enjoy our, our beautiful restaurants, enjoy arts and culture, enjoy the theater, um, come downtown and have a good time. And keep in mind, St. Patrick's Day is just around the corner. <laughs> Well, in fact, to your point about downtown, we'll be talking about a new study that came out uh, from the Chicago Loop Alliance, and it all looks good for the downtown area, really good for the downtown area. But perception is everything. And I have a slew of texts that I don't we have one minute left that I don't have possibly time to read that are all saying people feel unsafe. So if that is the perception, I think that's what matters in a sense. Let me ask if I can becomes perception becomes reality yeah, and so yeah. we've got to deal with that yeah. but i'm here to tell you our downtown is safe okay let me ask you some very quick questions uh kind of yes or no's chicago bears are yeah. we done with them no all right i'm never going to be done with them i'm going to convince them that the chicago bears need to remain in chicago property taxes will they go up yes or no Property taxes, everybody hates them. I hate them. We're never going to raise them without being transparent and explaining to taxpayers why we need to do it. But we do everything we can to avoid raising property taxes. We didn't do that this year, and hopefully we'll be in good enough shape that we won't have to do it with next year's budget either. Police Superintendent David Brown, stay or go? Superintendent Brown turned 63 uh, in October, um, which is... Uh, a mandatory retirement as a sworn personnel. But look, the better question, Steve, is what are our police officers doing? Are they doing their job? Are they risking life and limb every single day? And the answer to that is affirmatively yes. Our police department is operating on all cylinders and taking very seriously their sworn obligation to keep our residents safe. And we ought to thank them for what they do and the sacrifices that they make every single day. This is not fair because we only have 30 seconds left. Are you surprised at the competition that you're getting that the race appears to be as tight as it is? Well, I'm not surprised. We're going through a challenging time, but I think once people educate themselves about the facts and importantly educate themselves about the other people that are in the race, um, the choice is clear. I think this is going to be a runoff between me and Paul Vallis. The contrast couldn't be more different. And it's not just our height differential. <laughs> I am a true Democrat. I'm a true Democrat who believes in 
core values of equity, inclusion, respect for all, justice for all. That is not who Paul Bellis is. He's great at stoking people's fears, particularly around violent crime. But I am ashamed of the people that he is associating himself with on the far right wing fringe. This latest uh, um, tweet fiasco. First, he says he's an intern. Then he says he's been hacked. What next? The cat? Paul, own it. You did that. You gave voice and platform to dangerous people who views are venomous, nasty, and anti with everything that Chicago stands for. All right. You know I always enjoy talking to you, and you're never at a loss for words. I will say that. <laughs> Chicago Mayor... You didn't ask me about Hank this time. <laughs> How is Hank? He's going to be... He's going to be crushed. I'm going to go home and say, hey, hey did, did, did Steve ask about me? I'm so sorry, Hank. Not this time. Hank, no. It doesn't mean I don't love Hank, who is, of course, your dog. <laughs> that, hey, if you need a dog walker, I can work for cheap. Lori Lightfoot, <laughs> always thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. Take care now.